0: Healthcare transformation starts within. Discover the keys to cultivating passion and purpose in healthcare, balancing professional and personal life, effective leadership, and building cohesive teams. Learn how personal growth accelerates your journey toward compassionate and impactful care. Welcome to Provider's Edge, the podcast that helps healthcare entrepreneurs and executives like you break down barriers and control your business, your life, and your future. With me, your host, Sabrina Rumbach, a recovered clinician and a business deal catalyst. Let's rewrite the rules and create a positive social impact while increasing your profitability. Thanks for coming back for another episode. I'm your host, Sabrina. How are you guys? And today I have another exciting person joining us. Dr. Rees graduated from University of Texas for all the uh, Texan people here. And then he went to Parker University for his chiropractic education. Uh, Got cum laude, a fellow the American Functional Neurology Institute medical advisor board for ErgoFlex technologies and of course he's also a professor um Mia Ruiz, we met through uh his work at um um uh north of me, I mean Texas, he's a, a little bit up north, uh, have a pretty decent size of uh, practice that they're running. And um, he is, of course, the head uh doctor in his practice. So we actually work together one-on-one. Um, uh, and really just um understanding healthcare can be complicated, a patient can be complicated, and add a personal and family side into it, it can be a lot to handle. And, um, but uh, we didn't get into that field just to quote unquote help people. We wanted to create a better engagement with our patients, really understand where they come from, and then heal. So I'm excited for you to be here with us. Glad to be here. Yeah. So why don't you give us uh, some little rundown on what got you into this field to start with? So what was the inspiration, and uh, how did it get all started?
1: Yeah. So from a, from a chiropractic standpoint, I took a very different approach to how to get into it. Oftentimes, people fall into my profession or somebody gets hurt and then they see that this is the only way, uh, or at least my profession was the one they leaned on heavily for the recovery. For me, it's actually quite simple. I just wanted to be one ever since I was 14 years old, which is very weird for anybody to say that they've been wanting to do something for that long. So from 14 uh, to 26 and then became a chiropractor, then you got to figure out what the heck you're going to do after that. That's the fun part.
0: Right. It seems like we uh, also talk about in medicine, uh, healthcare in general, it's not just, oh, I have this degree, but uh, what does that mean to me? And then who do I really want to work with? What, population what age group uh what specific pain point that we wanted to solve right Uh, at end of the day we continue to go we have momentum because we have that inner drive so what's some of the your inner drive once you start discovering
1: yeah it's a good question um i mean through before we worked together sabrina and then after we kind of worked through some things over um you know, last year. But I think you as well helped me with this. But basically if you if you show up and and you know we we do well and, and we, we want to earn enough money. But if you show up strictly for the money that in my world won't make me happy. That does not motivate me. Uh, if I show up for my patients, uh they disappoint you at times. I mean some of them are awesome but some of them are just people and that sometimes people aren't the best. So uh, again the reason why uh, we can redefine where we come in, and and how why we come into the office is based off of what makes us tick. And for me, again, it's not the money, it's not the people, but it's the being on purpose. And my purpose is definitely different than anybody else's, but I feel like my purpose. Um, Vibes with who I am, and it's really just to put a smile on people's faces, and not to say that I'm I'm some stand-up comedian because I'm not broken like that. But uh, I am a person who um, really, if I can make them smile, change their day, change their outlook, and that's why. And took me, I think, only for a few years ago, I figured this out. That's why, and so that's why, whether the day is a great day, um, patient-wise, I'm I'm the same. Whether it's a terrible day, patient-wise, I'm the same. Or it's a great day financially. It's all going to be the same because wh- why I show up is because I want to make people smile. And that's weird, but it's just my thing.
0: And it's okay. We all have to find that little quirkiness within us to say that's the what I'm most aligned to, right? I think even in one of our earlier time conversation together, uh, I just keep drooling down like... but. But what's the reason? Like, how come, right? Like, it just go keep going down to the deeper. It, for some people, it's truly the family part. It's uh, wanted to create a legacy. Some people is that, as you were saying, like, had a, that personal family connection with certain disease processes and whatnot. And then they wanted to make sure everybody else out there facing similar struggles are not going through that hardship. However, that means to us, we connect with, because healthcare, how we run practices, it's a roller coaster. It's gonna be good days and bad days, but most of those are not personal, right? You're, you're, we talk about like difficult patients. We all have at least a few of them that we can definitely remember. But it's not about that. It's on um, how our own personal characteristic matching and be able to understand what those people are coming from and come together and solve that problem. So. For you, you want to share a little bit more of your role in Sandstone and then um, different leadership training, and then what drove you into stepping up in the organization as well?
1: Sure. Um, I mean, from a from a day-to-day standpoint, you know, more than likely most people on here or listening to this will be running some sort of office. And that's what we do every day, whether it's busy office or slow office from a patient visit standpoint, from a back office standpoint that's what we really handle on the ground you know with what we do now i have and the reason why i stepped into a leadership role is is a lot of mentorship from tony of course but some of it was just from opportunity as well uh, i'm a person who's very hands on i like to do things myself so If somebody can't figure something out, I'm going to get it done some way, somehow. It's just the way I'm built. Um, That's also why I break things when I do DIY projects in the house. But um, in the office, I don't break as many things. So as far as what helped me to grow and become a a leader is... Well, uh, I think it comes down to a lot of it. And you can echo this too, Sabrina. It's how you carry yourself. Uh, From day one, I, I wanted to be somebody that people can rely on. I wanted to be somebody who would bring something a little bit more to the table. Who, you know, from a doctor standpoint, is going to figure out what's wrong with you, but from a from a, a company standpoint, I'm willing to put in the hard work to get it done. Now, sacrifice is something that we at Sandstone is is, is a part of who we are because every time we're in the office, and even our staff does too, we sacrifice time with patient, our, our family to be with patients. Yes, we're traded money in that, but more than that, we are we are literally sacrificing time away from the people that we love the most and. When I'm doing that, I'm making it count. And I think anybody in the organization that you can ask, we're all doing the same thing. I really try to make sure to focus on maximizing my time when I am there.
0: Dr. Reese offers an insight into his experience as a leader in a chiropractic office environment. He accredits his transition into a leadership role to a combination of mentorship from Dr. Tony, the founder of the group, and his own natural inclination towards problem solving, which he also applies to his hands-on DIY projects at home. He stresses the importance of personal growth and reliability from day one, along with the capacity to offer something more at both a personal and a company level. Despite the sacrifices, notable time away from home, he values making every moment count and promotes a balance of hard work and dedicated leisure time, encapsulated in a freeze work hard, and play harder. A quick announcement before we move forward. If you are a healthcare entrepreneur or a growth-based innovative founder looking to accelerate your social mission and increase profitability in the most natural, simplified, and authentic way, don't hesitate to reach out to me, Sabrina Rumbach, on LinkedIn or visit our website to have a quick chat Let's connect and discuss how we can take your healthcare business to the next level.
1: Um, So work hard and play harder. It's kind of a cliche thing, but I think you can echo that. That's really what it comes down to.
0: Right. I think uh, you guys, how many uh, doctors in the group now? 15 or more?
1: 15 or yeah, Yeah, somewhere close to that. So um, how do you, maybe the question is, how do you stand out in all that? And for me and what what I've seen in our structure because our structure is is definitely it's a it's a yeah we are a group of people that are doctors and we take care of people and we and do really cool things and we want to grow but we actually kind of like each other too which is kind of weird um <laughs> in this in this day and age um although we are competitive uh, it is not cutthroat which I think is a really cool thing when it comes to competition and I, I'm probably I'm not very competitive Um, in and of itself. Um, I want to do well, but at the same time, I want to see... um, I'm trying to keep up with everybody else, you know?
0: Right. It's about that friendly competition. If we have some uh, gain, if uh, some kind of... Playfulness into it because I know you guys, uh, you do have a monthly, um, uh, uh, revenue goals that you guys are hitting. And then you kind of compare to practice to practice, which is a great way to say, Hey, it's not to say who's really, uh, above someone else, but how do we really optimize this? Uh, do we have a mark that we hit for ourselves? And just so we have an idea and, uh, make it seems that we are actually willing to see the wins and then pat ourselves on the back to recognize the wins. And sometimes it's also understanding that perhaps that target, it is we wanted to make a little bit of reaching target, right? That extra 10% more than what we think can hit. So if I hit that, amazing. If not, I still see the amazing progression that I did and I can continue to move forward. And what I love is you guys do have these different way of connecting, meeting each other on the regular basis, right? Both from a social standpoint, from a learning standpoint, makes things a lot easier to move forward. Your point being, we spend a lot of time in practice with our patients. Sometimes seems a lot more than even with family and people we care about. But that's the harmony that we're trying to create, right? It's about making everything count, as you're saying. If the quality of how we deliver things, hair, connection with my team, connection, then when I'm home, I'm able to disconnect 100% focus. On the family, that's the most important thing. And so, for you, what are some of the best practices from either just uh, you learned from your own or some of the stuff that we even work on that you found most helpful to be able to say, "Hey, now I can be very present when I do things in this way, and then not have to worry about so many other stuff."
1: Yeah. So obviously, a lot of the stuff that uh, that we went through is. Um Extremely helpful from a um, you know organizing your thoughts, writing things down more. Uh, that's always something that i I'm not very good at writing things down to be honest. Uh, but you know I, I don't ruminate on things, but being being purposeful on, on the way home, for instance, you know, I have about a 15 20 minute commute home, and so on that home, I will disconnect with something uh, either that I'm interested in or I'm researching or I'll talk to someone in the company. But then I, when I walk through the door, keys in the pocket, phone in the pocket, it's game on because the uh, the husband and father always comes first before the doctor, at least in, in what my goal is in this game, which is um, uh, Mother Teresa said it best. Um, it's how you change. I think she said it. I'm bad at these. But she said, uh, the best way to change the world is go home and love your family. And that's what I really try to do. So being purposeful, making sure to focus my energy walking through the door. And then bu- for me, I, I have these little things I'm interested in, little hobbies, little things I, I have to disconnect my brain from the actual practice with. Cause if I don't, burnout will happen. And I've been at that point um in practice. And if I can avoid that and stay engaged and have fun doing it, that's that's really the goal. So really, um, in a nutshell, I need to write down things more. That's that's <laughs> we need to we need to get back to that. And obviously we're working on stuff, but if I can disconnect a little bit, and then really refocus myself walking through the door, then it's going to be a great time at home, however many hours I get.
0: Exactly. And just finding something small that works for you and knowing, oh, here, there was a a thing that worked for me really well. So let me do more of that um, instead of uh, constantly searching for something new. Right At at the end of the day, we're not trying to uh, copy everybody else, how it worked really well, but it's just that one thing that comes easy for us and then we know it works. So that being said, right, like running a practice can be tough. as suppose executive leadership hat, like almost like a manager hat, like almost like an HR hat when people have internal uh, conversation that need to be solved. So there's a different, many different hats that you have to wear as a clinician, as a leader of a practice what do you see as some of the challenges that you have faced and you you wanted to uh, other people to say hey make sure you pay attention to that so you don't get into a place that eventually get you sidetracked
1: so yeah so what can i what obviously we're trying to avoid the big bad problems we're trying to avoid the either the blowups in practice or staff infections so recently come to my attention that it's it's hard to find Good help, and I just had people with me that are that are leaving that have been at the office, you know, four and eight years. So that's like somebody that's like a member of the family leaving. And with those people, some are still with the company, some aren't. But with those people leaving, how do we replicate those people? That's the question. Kind of how we were developed. at Sandstone is, and what what I've kind of taken on board is culture is really making sure people understand the culture because at the end of the day a lot of the staff infections which we can't do anything without staff and we need staff there but to help with getting the staff on board they got to understand what why we're even here and you know the the sabrina thing why 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 digging into all that but they got to understand where where we are so for instance i have some new people that are in um coming in so we'll be going over why the company was started what we're here to do what my you know philosophy is on practice so they know kind of what's up so if there's one thing as that never forget the culture component and if if you can invest in that then you can get people that'll be with you for a very long time and having good help makes everything better especially in my industry um which involves a lot of choice cuz people don't have to see me a lot of people think i think they do but i'm biased they have to choose to come see me they have to get influenced they have to get referred to come see me so it takes a big act to take care of a person like that because a lot of people are skeptical. Only about 10% of the population sees a chiropractor. How many see an MD? How many see a PA? Probably the rest of them, right? So that's that's what I recommend.
0: Yeah. Family culture, as you're putting it, uh, someone who leaves you is almost like a family member leaving you, making that, I I believe uh, many larger organizations pride themselves on building a culture, right? Whatever that culture means, because when you ask someone about their role, it's no longer that job title, but how they will reproduce almost like a mission statement for what your company' goal is. Because at the end of the day, we're all there to do the same thing. Because we're all trying to achieve the same goal, just with a different perspective, different tasks, different skill set. So unless everything is aligned in that sense, yes, it can be very difficult, especially nowadays we are coming out of the pandemic and we are still getting back to a new way of functioning. Some people even call that hybrid work. Right. Some people go into the office and clinic for a few days and, and then the rest and they're going to do virtual versus um, some of the patient coordination things. Now, it doesn't have to be really hands on right in front of the patient now. So whatever that means uh, and what do you think when you start hiring that new person, what are some of the key things that you usually ask them or to make sure that they're aligning with your uh, practice mission?
1: The way we work, a lot of them come to me already filtered. So I don't really have to work on saying the yes or no. It's, well, in a sense, yes or no. But uh, when they come to me, what I'm really looking for is, uh, again, they're already kind of pre-screened and they come to us and, they, and we see, will they fit in? If, if uh, Does their energy level match with what we have? Are they asking the right questions? Um, are they writing stuff down? Uh, would they pick up a piece of trash if it was right in front of them? So those little intangibles are more important than do you have experience? I would rather take them without experience than take them with experience, at least in what I do, because we do so special, we do such specialized things. And I think those people, if we catch them right and we get them inspired and we get them to really take ownership about what they do, which is a key thing of, of what we're about, is you know, own your stuff. Whether you do good or bad, own it. So I think in this case, with people allow and What am I looking for? That's really it. Follow the rules. Um, Are are they trainable? Um, But you don't really know that until somebody actually gets in here. So sometimes we get them in and, okay, they can learn the stuff. Okay, they can learn the stuff. And you've seen this too, Sabrina, right? They they know how to do the thing you ask them to do, but something's missing. From a personality standpoint, from a patient interaction standpoint, or uh, maybe the other staff members, they don't get along. And that just can't be allowed. So we got to have a cohesive group because if one person doesn't like another person, there, there's your staph infection. We don't want that. We avoid those.
0: Dr. Reese shares his uh, approach to building a team in his office, explaining that potential candidates come to him pre-screened and his evaluation is based more on intangible characteristics than on their experience. He prioritizes whether their energy level aligns with the teams, their ability to ask the right questions, note-taking, and their concern for cleanliness and waters. Dr. Reese also highlights the importance of inspiring new hires to take ownership of their work, irrespective of the outcome. He underscores the necessity of having a cohesive group where staff members get along well to prevent discord, likening any disharmony to an unwanted staff infection. Don't miss out on episode subscribe to our podcast today on your favorite podcast platform to get the latest insight from our experts speakers. Together, let's rewrite the rules for your healthcare business and create a positive social impact in the healthcare industry. Now let's get back to the rest of our show. Exactly. And I believe uh, we might have a talk about this. Uh, everybody have a individual needs. And if that needs is not met, and they're going to feel like not being appreciated, you don't value me, it's not fair, right? And then also it's like a false creation start coming into play. But um, when even going to some of the higher executive leadership training, where I'm part of a, we always talk about, we want to hire both on skill. Yes, they have to come in with some but more important is that potential side. That means the personal character, who they are as a person, how they actually have that part of the ability to connect with others, to the ability to come in with some type of active listening skill. So they're not there, just simply get so excited, just constantly wanted to respond. And that doesn't seem like going to play well with other, right? And uh, at the end of the day, yes we have to open up that uh part of us to be so curious right when we talk about the sage part of our brain we wanted to be loving the exploration part of us and not hold ourselves back from that uh, controlling, sabotaging tendency where, well, I don't know if they're going to do what I tell them to do or if they're going to deliver it, but uh, remove those fear-based uh false persona, but really loving what the possibility outcome, right? Uh, and we have a sense of identifying those things and it's okay to have a period of trial um and understand that uh, some people We just have to say no to after they've been with us for a while versus those who are really, really good. And let's learn about how else we can support them, right? The different ways that we can really show our appreciation and the different ways that we can help them to create their career goals that will line back to our own company and culture. Um, so I know you're someone who's continually growing, right? a learner. Um, so uh, what's next? What are you focusing now? And then what are you uh, heading?
1: From a physical standpoint, um, I've really gotten into the book, uh, Breath, or is it Breathe? I think it's Breath by James Nestor. Um, so really digging in on just breathing right now. That's, that's the main goal. Uh, uh, meditation, prayer, whatever that is. For me, I, I think it's something that I'm starting to, to measure and quantify these days. And if I can focus in on that, then I'm better able to, to handle those stresses at the office or at home or everything else. Because when it comes down to it, a good bit of, like, no one can argue this, a little extra O2 to the brain and CO2 out of the body is probably a good thing. So that, that's, that's really what I've been growing with lately. But I have a few things on board. You know, I'm learning, uh, my son was recently diagnosed with a, apraxia, childhood apraxia speech. So really digging in on what I can do to help my little guy is something that, although my wife's an expert at it now because she's in it, I have been slower to the uptake, which I think is uh, a dad thing and maybe an acceptance thing. So we'll be we'll be learning more about that to help my little guy as well. Um, so Lucky has a great mom. I just got to back her up more.
0: Yeah, and she's home uh, most of the time with him, right? And then she's such a, a good backbone support for you as uh, she can take care of the family. And then uh, which you do really great now is like unplug, right? When you get to home, you're 100% with them. Uh, and then it the uh, best effort? So what do you think is the biggest change you had from uh, a year ago when we were together until now? And then what do you want it to keep?
1: So I think the biggest change is just, and it's not like I've taken my foot off the gas pedal. It's just because I'm a, I'm a big person. I, I believe that you diagnosed me with self-sabotaging Sabrina. <laughs> and so I will talk myself into, um, a really bad place. But I, I think through the, over the last year, I've really kind of given myself a, a break from all that stuff. I haven't beat myself up and, you know, I experienced a family loss and, and working through that and, um, and that was a great time to kind of, you know through through a loss of a family member to kind of refocus on what's important. to beat myself up doesn't help anything. and it makes me feel worse around my family. So I think I've done a really good job at that this year. so i'll I'll definitely be celebrating that uh, and moving forward into into really building rather than forgiving going forward,
0: yeah, that's very uh, amazing way, right? I- always believe everything is a gift and opportunity, and then we needed to go deeper into what we're good at, what we wanted to see more of in uh, in our life, in those who we connect with, instead of uh, questioning, how do I fix that mistake? Because that is like another vortex that perhaps we shouldn't get into that can be very easily sidetracked. Um, so, uh, I appreciate you um, being authentic and sharing the journey that you had uh, from practicing, from being in leadership, from growth, from business end. Uh, any last words uh, before we wrap up?
1: I don't think I have any, Sabrina. I just want to thank you for in- inviting me on this. This is a, it's a really cool experience and you do such a great job. So. Um, definitely you're a good follow out there on on social media in this world of all sorts of other crazy follows you can have in the world, but something you refocus in on what we do is a cool thing. So I appreciate you.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you too. Yeah, thanks everyone. So definitely this is a space where we come celebrate the work that we had. A big field and people get into it for various reasons. But as we start to grow, it's okay to see it into our own way, right? Find that light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Some people work really hard. And then uh, when you don't see that reward comes, or perhaps it's not as fast as you like to be or as big as you wanted to be. But what have you gained so far, right? The journey, the joy that we have created. And let's refocus on that. And let's continue to celebrate all those amazing stories like you heard today. And uh, looking forward to seeing many more people for being on the show. And then just let's create a uh, happy healthcare together. Our discussion today brought us from the heart of healthcare, driven by passion and purpose, to leadership roles, balancing professional duties and personal life. We emphasized the value of creating a healthy, inclusive culture and the art of hiring and maintaining a cohesive team. Lastly, we discovered that personal growth remains a cornerstone of any leader, sparking continuous transformation to healthcare delivery. Here are the quick summary of the six major points we discussed. Number one, pursuing passion and purpose in healthcare. The healthcare sector isn't merely about diagnosing and treating. It's about igniting the spark of passion and purpose. The alignment of these aspects lead to more fulfilling healthcare experience for both provider and patients. Number two, balancing professional and personal life. A harmonious balance between work and personal life isn't a luxury but a necessity in the healthcare industry. This equilibrium prevents burnout, fosters mental well-being. And ultimately results in more effective patient care. Number three, leadership in healthcare. Effective leadership in healthcare isn't just about managing teams, it's about inspiring, driving changes, and making impactful decisions. In a sector where lives are at stake, strong leadership has a significant role in guiding teams towards successful health outcomes. Number four, the importance of a healthy and inclusive culture. An inclusive and healthy culture within healthcare organization can be a game changer. It fosters respect, enhances employee satisfaction, drives innovation, and more importantly, encourages the delivery of compassion and patient-centric care. Number five, The Art of Hiring and Maintaining a Cohesive Team Assembling and maintaining a cohesive team is not just about hiring individuals with the right skill sets, but about recognizing and nurturing those who resonate with their organization's culture and mission. This approach leads to a team that's more engaged, productive, and resilient. Number six. Personal growth to accelerate your leadership. Personal growth is a crucial ingredient in the recipe for successful leadership. By continually learning, adapting, and evolving, leaders can empower their teams, drive organizational success, and leave an incredible impact on the healthcare landscape. Thank you for tuning in to Provider's Edge. We hope you found our latest episode insightful and valuable for your healthcare business. We would love to hear your feedback on the show and connect with you on LinkedIn. As a token of our appreciation, we offer an unique opportunity. Write a recommendation about our show on LinkedIn under Sabrina Rumbach's profile, and we will give you a free media feature on one of our podcasts or TV show. During this exclusive interview, you'll have the chance to ask any questions and gain visibility and credibility with influential partners to accelerate your mission and profitability. So don't hesitate. Connect with Sabrina on LinkedIn, leave a recommendation about our show, and help us tailor our content while seizing this fantastic opportunity to elevate your healthcare business. We can't wait to hear from you.